Good morning, sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Competitive Hedge Podcast. I'm your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and thank you all for joining me here today. This podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about results from the past few days before diving into today's betting card, and we cap things off with our plays of the day. Now, not going to lie, feeling pretty under the weather today, so a little bit less energy maybe than I'm used to having on this show. Uh, As I said, my wife has bronchitis. I'm starting to feel like I may uh, be getting it as well, so it's been a busy last few days in the sports world, so we had to go live today. And so without further ado, we want to get right into... Before we get started with today's episode, are you looking to make some wagers? Then head over to Bet99.com. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and the mobile app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to use so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com today to make an account. Use code SHOOTERS at signup, and please gamble responsibly. You must be 19-plus years of age to do so, and if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Now, let's get back to the show. So we had a good last couple days betting-wise, which is surprising for given how the last week and a half of bets has gone. But it has resulted in major profit. Now, yesterday we went 2-2. Two and two. It wasn't our best day. Um, we did have a clean sweep on EPL. And then we went the parlay route and lost a couple there. But still positive units yesterday. The big one was the, the day before that. It was a clean sweep. It was a 3-0 day. But we cashed a plus 26.50 parlay. Home run parlay of Austin Riley and Juan Soto to hit home runs. So huge day for the show in that sense. Got us back on track. We are down quite a few units over the last couple weeks, but that gets us right back in the positive and ready to roll. And we've got a busy day ahead of us. So let's start with some of the things that happened over the last couple of days. And we got to start with the men's national title game. UConn wins their fifth national title since I believe 1999, 76 to 59. Was never relatively close. And this is why I didn't play this game. Uh, looking at it on the surface, it felt like UConn had been blowing out every team. If they got out to any sort of lead, then I didn't think that San Diego State could recover from an offensive perspective, and that's exactly what happened. Now, was a dominant tournament overall by UConn. Um, They were a really tough team to evaluate heading into the tournament when we think about back in January and February when they were losing a lot of games. Uh, But this was all in conference play. Now, down the stretch, they started to figure it out, and then they entered the tournament as a four seed. And then they just go on 6-0 against the spread throughout the tournament. Team-wise, Sonogo was elite all tournament long. Overall, a great team effort as well. But this is a much-deserved title for uh, Dan Hurley. Um, 
But this is not an all-time college basketball team. I don't want to take anything away from UConn, but you see a lot of things said over the last number of days that UConn's this great powerhouse. And it's a great tournament. It's a great three weeks that they put together. But this is a team that still lost a lot of basketball games throughout the year. There's been plenty of great teams that have gone into the tournament having lost two, three, maybe four games all year long. UConn wasn't one of those teams. Now, they won a lot of great games throughout the tournament. At the same time, they got to take on an eight seed instead of Kansas. They got to take on a five seed in the final four and in the final. So I just want to pump the brakes a little bit on how great this UConn team was. They are a blue blood now. I don't think that there's any denying that with how many titles they've had over the last 25 years. But that doesn't mean that this is an all-time great college basketball team by any stretch of the imagination. But they are much-deserved champions for the 2023 season. Now, Lionel Messi, he's unlikely to extend his PSG contract, it's sounding like, from media reports over the last couple of days. So it kind of begs the question of what's next for Messi if it's not at PSG. Now, PSG's won everything under the sun in France, but they've done nothing in Europe. And I think that's got to be very frustrating for Messi, the fact that he's only been able to win at Barcelona. You look at his counterpart in Ronaldo, he won at Man U, he won at Juventus, he won at... Uh, Real Madrid so he's had success pretty much everywhere that he's gone and now he's in the Saudi league now does Messi return to Spain that's always an option I don't know if it's the right one but it's certainly one that could be out there will he go the Saudi route like Ronaldo has he's getting thrown a lot of money his way to do that I think he he may end up opting for that option but if Messi leaves it also begs the question of what's happening with Neymar what's happening with Mbappe are they going to move on to bigger clubs because those two guys by themselves aren't winning in Europe. There's too much talent top to bottom on some of these teams, whether that be Napoli, Manchester City, Arsenal. There's a lot of great teams. And so I think that they would probably opt to go elsewhere if Messi leaves. This would be the first chip falling uh, if he does. And then I want to end things off with OBJ got a contract offer from Baltimore. And I know that the name Odell Beckham Jr. is a transcendent one in a sense that a number of years ago, he was one of the best receivers in the NFL. But a lot has happened since then. He had a bad stint in Cleveland, then he goes to the Rams, plays well for a couple months, catches a touchdown in the Super Bowl, but then he got hurt. And we haven't seen him since that Super Bowl. So to me, he's not a number one option. If Baltimore's offering him this contract, that's great. He's going to be one of the better receivers in that receiving core. But this isn't going to entice Lamar Jackson anymore. Healthy, I think he's going to be a good player, but it's a major injury that he went through, and he's probably on the downturn of his career now, so I don't want to act like Odell getting a massive contract is such a big deal, but it does mean at the very least that Baltimore's trying to make a move and have Lamar try and get some weapons moving forward. So with that, let's head over now. Let's talk about the game slate. we got the Masters to preview. We've got some EPL, NHL, and NBA and MLB as well. All right, so it is Masters week, and we had a good one uh, this year. There's a lot of great headlines heading into this Masters. You got Scotty Scheffler as the defending champion. Looked like he cooked up a nice dinner last night. I'm sure he didn't cook it, but there was a nice dinner cooked up last night for the champion's dinner. And then they posted the picture of all the guys that were there. And it was nice to see that the live guys weren't separated out from the non-live players, the PGA guys. You had DJ standing behind Tiger. You had Sergio and others on the other side. So that's going to be the, the storyline of the week. Yes, Scheffler's the defending champ, but
But how are these live guys going to hold up against the PGA Tour guys? We've been hearing all (laughs) year long that, well, now that they've gone to live and they're on an exhibition tour, they don't get the best competition every week. Now, guys like Brooks Kepka have been playing great. Cam Smith's been playing great. So has Dustin Johnson. So are these top guys that were top 10 to 20 in the world, are they going to be able to compete at Augusta? Or have they just had it so easy and have they not been putting in the time like some of these tour guys that they're not going to be able to win? I don't think that's going to be the case. I actually have, as one of my betting picks, one of these live guys. But I think with Tiger being in the field, with all the stuff going surrounding live in the PGA, we're in for a great tournament. Now, last year, we had Scotty, Rory, Shane Lowry, Cam Smith, and Colin Morikawa was the top five at this event. And I think that that's important to note here because when you're looking at a, an event like this where you're playing the same course every year, this is one of those, well, do they play this course well? And so these are my plays that I like for the week. I'm going to put a half unit each on Morikawa to win and Kepka to win. Morikawa's 25 to 1, Kepka 39 to 1. This is a ball strikers golf course. Morikawa always seems to show up in the majors. And so does Brooks, which is why I have him here. He won two of his last six starts, as far as I know, over at Live. And you can say all you want about, well, it's not the greatest fields. He's back in form and he's healthy. And when he was healthy, he was winning majors in boatloads. So I like Kepka at 39 to 1. Top 10, I like Cam Smith. And I'm going to play Morikawa top 10 as well. Plus 200 and plus 215 are the value on those two guys. I think that there's a lot of pressure on Smith, given that he was the best player to head over to the live tour as far as form goes. And Morikawa, as I said, just loves this course, and he's a great ball striker. If either of those guys cash on a top 10, then we're up units there. And then top 20, I'm going to go Max home, and then I'm going to play Kepka once again. I'm hedging my bets here in case these guys, because I really like them this week, if they don't end up winning outright, but they have a good tournament, then you get good value there on the plus money. And then Homa, he needs to finally show up in a major. He's winning a ton of tour events, but he hasn't shown it yet in the majors. I think that this is the week where he does that. I couldn't go top 10, but I would sprinkle that as well. And so overall, I'm excited for the Masters this year. I'll be posted up on my couch, probably sick, honestly, on Sunday watching this event, and I'm really excited to see what happens. Now, EPL-wise, there's two games happening today. We're going to chat about one. The other one's going to be one of our plays of the day. West Ham, plus 250 against Newcastle at plus 110. West Ham coming off points in three of their last four games, but they are 15th in the standings. So they need to keep this form rolling because the difference between 19th and 13th right now is just a handful of points. And so they need to get some separation here. So that way, if they go through a bit of a slump against the bigger clubs, then they're still going to survive. Newcastle, on the other hand, they've won three straight league games. They're third place, coming off a win over Man U as well. And so the only thing that prevented me from playing this is the fact that Newcastle's on the road. This is very similar to Tottenham yesterday, where, or a couple days ago, where I wanted to play them because they were plus money, but I ended up staying away. They end up winning uh, on the road. So if you like Newcastle, you get some plus money here for them to pick up their fourth straight win. I think that's the way to go with this play. If not, maybe sprinkle both teams to score because West Ham being at home could mean goals. That being said, Newcastle has one of the best defenses in the EPL. NHL-wise, three games happening tonight. We're going to look at two of them because the third one is a show play for today. Tampa Bay and the Rangers. It is a pick right now. 
Rangers minus 110. But Tampa's sub 500 on the road, which is rather shocking for a team this good. And they have won three straight coming into this one. Now, the Rangers are 22-12-4 at home, coming off a win and seven of their last 10 as well. With these two goalies going, it's tough to want to play either side of an over-under. Vasilevsky and Shesterkin are two of the best in the game. I would lean Rangers because they're at home and given that recent form by Tampa Bay, or shouldn't even say recent form, their form on the road throughout the year. But I do like the Rangers today if you're playing a side. And then Edmonton minus 340. They were minus 300 yesterday. Another massive spread here, uh, or massive number, given that they're taking on the Anaheim Ducks. Looks like we're getting the starters with Campbell and Gibson. The Oilers are absolutely rolling. They've won nine of their last 10 and four straight. Ducks have been absolutely brutal. They've lost eight in a row and nine of their last 10. So this is just a massive mismatch. I just cannot play this kind of juice as much as I like. Oh, at minus one and a half, you can get it at minus 145. It's just not exciting. It's something that I would debate playing in a parlay. If you even want like a teaser parlay, maybe you look at just in regulation. It's probably close to minus 200, but it's at least a parlay piece if that's the route that you're wanting to go. NBA-wise, there's a lot of games happening tonight. Uh, eight, I believe. I'm going to look at two of them. I'm not giving out an official NBA play because once again, with all these injuries that are happening and having guys game time decisions are out down the stretch, you don't know who's going to be shut down, who's going to go. I'm just going to wait until closer to tip off. So let's start with the first one. I really like the Bucks versus the Bulls. Bucks are minus six and a half for this game. Now, it is a little bit of a steep number, and it is one that I get a little bit concerned with the fact that Chicago still has a lot to play for. They're the 10 seed in the East. They could move up to the eight spot, which is what they really want. So that way they have a better shot at a postseason berth. But nonetheless, Chicago, they are healthy tonight. Outside of not having Lonzo Ball, which they haven't had all year, everyone else is good to go by the looks of it. Milwaukee side, you got Middleton and Connaughton are both game time decisions. So I want to wait and see whether those guys go. If they do, then I really like Milwaukee, who are 31 and 8 at home taking on Chicago, who are five games below 500 on the road. So I really like that spread if they go tonight. And then Memphis and New Orleans. New Orleans was minus four and a half. Now they're minus five and a half. It didn't move the direction that I was expecting. And I really like it because I was on the Memphis side. I love this Grizzly spread here. I know that there's some players with some injuries. Looks like Dylan Brooks is a game time decision. So is Zaire Williams. No Steven Adams or Brandon Clark. But the Pelicans still don't have Zion, so they're missing guys as well. I think that getting five and a half for Memphis, who are the two seed in the West, is great value here. As long as Jaws playing, I think they have a chance. And so I love this Memphis number. And then MLB-wise, pretty much everyone's playing today. But we're going to look at a few games, starting with Minnesota and Miami. Looks like we're getting Lopez and Lazardo on the mound for this game. It's considered a pick em right now, but I do like the Twins here, despite the fact that they're on the road. They've started 4-1 to open the year. Miami's just 2-4. and four. But the Twins' bats are going. They're over nine hits per game, and they're giving up just six hits per game. So the pitching staff's been solid as well. Miami, on the other hand, they're averaging just under two runs per game. So they're not getting a lot of offense going. And so because of that, I really like Minnesota, at least early in the year. Atlanta and St. Louis is the other one. Looks like we're getting Elder and Mikolas here. 
And Mikolas looked really bad in his last start. And so, yes, St. Louis is minus 125 at home, but the Braves' bats are also red hot. Um, that's to be expected. This is a very good Braves team. Um, they're 4-1 to open up the year. They're top 10 in runs, hits, and home runs per game. Whereas St. Louis there, it's a tough road spot for them. All right. But I like Atlanta today. Sorry, St. Louis is at home. Atlanta, it's a tough road spot for them. But I do think that they're going to go in and pick up the win today. And then Mets and Milwaukee is the last one. Looks like we're getting Peterson and Burns. And Burns is coming off a pretty bad first start for him. He was one of those NL Cy Young candidates this year. So I do like Milwaukee today for the bounce back. Big reason why, the Mets are 23rd in runs so far and 26th in hits. So the bats just haven't been going for them early in the year. I think that the Brew Crew at home, this is great value at minus 135. So give me the Brewers money line there. But with that, let's head over now. Let's give you our three picks for today. So Last Mountain Distillery is family-owned and operated in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Saskatchewan's first micro-distillery success lies in their commitment to producing high-quality handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Check out some of their great products like their vodka, sweet tea vodka, and old-fashioned mixed drink. Really love all their products, so go support local and support Last Mountain Distillery. But with that, let's give you our three plays for today and head on out. I need to go and take some cold medicine with how I'm feeling this morning. So let's go with our first play. Man United Moneyline versus Brentford at minus 150. It's a two and a half unit play. United got embarrassed earlier in the year when they took on Brentford. It was a 4-0 defeat. And it was one that started to have people wondering whether Ten Hag was the right coach. And then suddenly he goes on a tear and he's now top four in the league. Brentford, they can score, but United being at home, I think that they're just going to be able to pull out all three points here. They were a little bit flat against Newcastle last week, and so I think they right the ship this week and get some revenge against Brentford. Cleveland Guardians, money line versus the A's, that is at minus 120 for two units. Yadis had a tough opener, but now they face Muller, who is all right in his first start. Guardians score plenty of runs, and they're hitting the ball well right now. They are road favorites for this one, which is always a little bit of a concern, but I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to play Guardians money line today for a couple units. And then to cap off the day, Flames and Jets over five and a half at minus 125 for one and a half units. Looking like we're getting Vlader and Hellebuck for tonight, which I like. Both teams on winning streaks, bottom half in goals allowed as well. So they give up plenty of goals. I love this play think that we get a high scoring one in this Canadian matchup but appreciate everyone who tuned into the show today hoping to feel better by Friday if not we may decide to to not go live on Friday it is going to be Easter weekend so enjoy that time with your family as I will for sure and we'll see you guys Friday if not Monday for the competitive hedge podcast <laughs>